Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Radically Loved podcast. I had to really be mindful of what I was just saying just then. We have uh, Tessa here with us on this very beautiful Friday. Hello, everyone. How are you? How's your Friday? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. So we are going to be taking a little pause on Wisdom Wednesday. Yeah. So last Wednesday would technically, I guess, be a season finale. So now is the time to go back to the beginning of the playlist and get yourself all cut up. Oh, yeah. If you're watching us, definitely do that. Why wouldn't you? Um, Okay. Party fell or tech (laughs) fell. (laughs) My mic wasn't on. Uh, Rookie mistake. Here we are. Loud and proud. You know what? We are allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. That's how we learn. We fall down. We're like, ah, I'm not going to do that again. We get back up. We're better for it. And then, yeah. And we just keep it moving and we fall again and we just do the same, same process. Same Z's all over. Same, same. Hopefully it's a different mistake though, right? Yes, this is true. And it's not the same because then that becomes a pathology and that my friends is not a good look. Yeah. Yeah. It gets old for, for us, you know, for those around us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're talking about nothing specifically, but everything uh-huh. in its entirety. I mean, isn't that the practice of yoga? Like the, the microcosm to the macrocosm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let's talk about our yoga practice. Ooh, okay. Tessa, tell me about your practice the last couple of months. Oh, it's been, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love your, it's been, uh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So I, my personal practice has evolved over time as they do. And so it's a lot of like laying on my back as I just get out of bed, listening maybe to a meditation or an audio recording or a yoga nidra. More recently, I've started to actually sit in meditation and not really do anything except for just kind of watch my thoughts, listen. And the reason this has been challenging for me lately is because last Wisdom Wednesday, I think it was the last one on the 27th of July, I talked about our new dog, Bella. She's very particular about her morning routine. And so she hears me get up and out of bed and she's downstairs, she'll start barking, which basically wakes up the whole household. So I kind of feel like I have an infant that I'm like reorganizing my schedule around. Yes. And that is my excuse (laughs) to not have a regular morning practice. However, I'm recommitting to that lately and it's kind of bumpy. But if I don't get to do it in the morning, then I try to carve out time later on in the day. And this morning, actually, literally, as I'm feeding Bella, sitting in the chair next to her, just kind of sitting there holding my hands in Gyana Mudra, listening to my breath. I was like, okay, this is going to be my meditation practice today. Yes. (laughs) 
And it was good. Yeah. It felt good. No, that's good. I love that you've allowed yourself the permission to let your practice be whatever it is and not force. I've had so many conversations with students over the last couple of weeks about their non-existent practice. And it's so interesting for me to see the cycles of, look, I'm the same uh, for sure. I still wake up and I still do my practice, but I will say that it has gotten substantially shorter as, you know, the summer has progressed. And I find myself just kind of sitting and just going through like my mala bead, like, you know, just like, (laughs) just trying to power through. And the reason I brought it up is because I know that practice is important, but I think it's also important to do exactly what you're saying and to be able to give yourself the permission and the opportunity to see what can substitute your practice Mm -hmm. for a short amount of time. I've been going to Pilates. I've been really enjoying going to classes in the morning. And I found that my yoga practice has shortened. And Mm -hmm. when I say shortened, I mean, I do a child's pose, two down dogs. I do one sun salutation and then child's pose. (laughs) That is the extent of my physical practice. My meditation practice has stayed pretty much consistent throughout, but being able to do something other than yoga has been really nice. You know, it's just created a different energy. And I think sometimes we need a little reset, meaning Mm -hmm. if your practice has fallen off and if you feel that it's not where you think it, I'm going to do air quotes, should be, don't be so hard on yourself. It happens to all of us mm-hmm. at different stages. And it's been a weird fucking two years. And it's okay for you to be exactly where you're at. And it doesn't mean that you're a faux yogi. It just means that you've had a lot on your plate, as we all have. And our practice is going to meet us exactly where we are. And we have to remember that. Yeah. Right? Well, and that, that is the practice too. I think the purpose of it is, especially the yoga asana, is to prepare the body for something that comes afterwards, which is the meditative state, right? Whether you're sitting or you're lying down or you're you're taking your meditation on a walk or you're trying to be really connected and present with those that you love, that's the ability to take your practice off of the mat, which is why you do the practice in the first place, and to put it into practice in your actual living, breathing life. Yes. It's, it's so we can go out and be people that are humane and, and compassionate and love ourselves and love other people. Not so that we can keep it all to ourselves and have a beautiful downward facing dog and put ourselves into a pretzel. And, you know, that's not the purpose of it. Yeah, maybe that happens and it's cool and fun and exciting and it feels good. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but that's not really the point of it, right? That's not no. why we do it. At least right. And, and the thing not. is, we, yes, I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> We expand through contemplative practices. I mean, through art, through literature, there are so many ways the world can open up to us if we allow it. And yes, that is very much part of what yoga is about. It's also about us giving us the self-compassion and the patience that we need 
And to be able to remember that the world is bigger than you, it's bigger mm. than this moment, and that's not a bad thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's making me think of our our special guest today. She said, can I pull out one quote that I just yes, love? Yes, tell us. I just resonated. So I don't know if it necessarily resonated as the right word, but when I read this, or actually when I listened to her say it, I was like, oh, wow, I never really thought about it like this. So the topic is kind of this miracle, right? What do you think about when you think of the word miracle? Like what comes to mind when you think of miracle? And I'm asking you before I read the quote. Oh, me. Yes. Oh, (laughs) um, I think of something that is near impossible to come to fruition where all the odds are stacked against you and there's no logical way other than magic that something Mm -hmm. can happen. Okay. I love this because that's a similar response that I have when I think of the word miracle. Now, what our guest today says is a miracle is a shift in perspective. That is what a coach is trained on. They help you to embrace and feel and live miracles, literally, and you can brainstorm it. So that takes something that, to me, like you, Rosie, feels near impossible, feels like has to be infused with magic, feels like I might as well just try my chances at winning the lottery, to a practical, tangible, something I can breathe life into in my own life, maybe working with a coach like Julie, and she'll go into what her coaching style is like. But I just love that. A miracle is a shift in perspective. I mean, we could yes. stop right there. Oh, no, that's, just, that's a, that deserves a period at the end, end of sentence, end of story. That is perfect. So today's guest is Julie Riesler. She is here to talk to us about becoming ready for change, how we can make sure our change, the the change that we desire in our life is sustainable. She's going to give us practical tips such as knowing your why, mindfulness, and habit stacking. And she's also going to talk about the rise of coaches and how coaches can understand their role better to better serve their people and their community. Hello, friends. I want to tell you about Kachava, my all-in-one daily super blend. If you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need or struggling to stay on top of your health, then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts everything in your body it needs in one glass. So you can have it all, all the superfoods, all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the proteins, all the benefits for your gut, your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, your heart, your whole health. No more compromise, no more guilt, no other nutrition shake does it all like this. They travel to the ends of the earth to source them all and crush it up. Kachava is a powder you take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. Chocolate and chai are my personal favorite. I drink Kachava for breakfast and it keeps me full for hours. There's no way I could get all of these nutrients in my normal diet. And trying to manage all of the supplements and the ingredients you should be taking, I mean, it's a little overwhelming and very expensive. But now Kachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. You've got to try Kachava for yourself. Kachava's offering 10% off for a limited time. Go to kachava.com forward slash loved spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A 
and get 10% off of your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com forward slash loved to get 10% off for a limited time. Kachava.com forward slash loved. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Radically Loved podcast. I almost forgot what the name of the podcast was. I am joined by a very special guest today. She's known as America's Life Designer. Julie Riesler is the host of the popular global podcast, The USU, in over 175 countries with 300 plus episodes. Julie has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, the Chopra Center, and Thrive Global for her work as a heart-led mentor and change maker. And I had the honor of being on her show when I was promoting You Are, well, I'm still promoting You Are Radically Loved. By the way, if you've not picked up the book, big it up now. But we connected, we had the greatest conversation and I just loved Julie so much. I wanted her to come on to the show and, and tell us a little bit about her and what she does. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, Rosie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to chat with you and just dive in. <laughs> yeah. I'm. It was so funny because when I was on your show, I remember having to fight so hard to not ask you questions because I'm like, okay, wait, no, she's interviewing me. <laughs> you need to calm down and just have her on your show. So now I get to ask the questions. I'm very excited. So one of the first things that I want to inquire about is... Yeah. Like what got you into coach? Like what happened? Why coaching? Like what, what happened in your life that made you decide like, this is what I want to do. And by the way, the life designer and the way that you structured your business of all the coaching programs that are out there, you really know what you're doing. (laughs) And I want to dive into that too, but I guess we could just get started with just giving the audience a little bit of background on you and and how you got into this field. Yeah, it's a great question. I'll just say, first of all, so psyched to be here, excited to just chat with you. And, you know, this work, this really stemmed from a place of a lot of struggle and darkness in my own life. I think like many times, one of the things I resonated with you so much, I'll give just a quick kind of background because I think it's important to just give the backstory and there might be others that can relate to this. I was that kid that like really just sensitive, empathic, like felt everything and, um, you know, could sense when they're, my, my dad, I grew up in the Boston area. My dad was a Vietnam veteran with, with undiagnosed PTSD and bipolar and ADD, very loving. And also it was challenging growing up around that, just his own struggle with that. And then seeing the anxiety and the issues with him and my mom and feeling like I just felt like I did not know how to really handle those emotions. And for me, the way I comforted myself, I think we all, many of us find different ways to do that. I found it through boxes and bags and the fridge, like through food, through sugar. And I, I really struggled with food addiction, like, like hardcore eating stuff out of our trash, eating, you know, stealing Mm. food from friends at their homes. I used to judge what friend I was going to play with or hang out with based on what food they had. Like I actually knew, oh my gosh. I mean, I could, like I just had this memory. I'm like, oh yeah, I love going to her house. But it was really underneath it was this like shame, shame mm-hmm. of I think the issues with my my dad and my parents. I grew up in a very 
very wealthy area and my dad struggled financially big time. So I think it's funny, even as I say that it, like, I feel for my, that self, that part of me that felt a lot of shame and a lot of Mm. struggle. And so, you know, I had a, a really great childhood in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of that kind of shoving things under the rug and not learning how to process feelings. So I was very, very in tune with people and energy, just energy and observing. I always love sitting at dinner tables and listening to adults. I would like really just feel at home in those kind of conversations and just struggled with, I think, feeling good enough and feeling enough, especially growing up, you know, in a area that was literally next to Harvard. <laughs> it was, you know, where I was in a very competitive public school, but people really excelled intellectually. And I did well, but like, I was really more, I was better with like emotions and Mm. things like that. And so really didn't know how to, how to handle a lot of these varying emotions. And I used food and that was what helped me in, in college. I started drinking, drinking sort of curtailed, but it was the, it was really the food piece. And Ended up marrying someone very young out of college, a good person later, not the best fit for me, but a good person. But I, I, I just didn't know how to step into myself to be what I would call my meest me. And I use mm-hmm. food to compensate. And I was a psych major, but I didn't want to be a therapist. And so it was actually, there was an evening I'll never forget in May. This is like 20 plus years ago. I had my hand in a bag of M&Ms the size of like almost my body. It was from Costco where you can get everything like times 10. Yeah. They were tie-dyed. They were like, seriously, I could not, I could not stop eating. I was so ill and I had this moment and nothing looked bad on the outside, Rosie. I mean, people would have been like, I don't understand. You seem happy, but I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And I just... Either I might, I was like really a split second of, do I just drive into a tree with this car that I have or do I get help? And I'd known about a support group. So thank God there was an inner voice that I heard that said, go to this support group and your life will change. And it was a lot of shame. I did not want to go. I'd heard about it growing up. My, I have family that are also involved in these 12 step support groups and ended up, it was what started the whole excavation process. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other story. But through that work, that led me to a program where I worked with a coach who like asked me a question that changed my life. And I thought, if I can change my life with that question, this is important shit. Like I've got a, I don't know what this is. And this is like 14 years ago. This is before coaching was what it was. So I was like, I've got to do this. And I worked with with him and I was in that program and I coached a few of those programs. And I thought I've got to go back and get a degree in this. Like I've got to study this. So I went back and got my master's degree and I'll pause there, but this, this work has saved my life. It's changed my life. Um, I really believe in it. Yeah. And I love the fact that you were able to recognize those calls those revelations within you that nudged you to wanting more, to wanting to discover more, to wanting to dig a little bit deeper, to recognizing that you had those superpowers. You know, even when you're talking about intuit, you you were more of a feeling person. Like you were more emotionally intelligent at maybe a young age you know, maybe before your peers were having that experience. And I always find that people who grow up needing to adapt 
to a culture or a society that they may feel like they don't belong to, you have this heightened sense of awareness because you're constantly gauging whether you're doing something right or you're doing something wrong. So it does create this level of heightened awareness. You have to learn how to read people. You have to try and be the best or really try and make up for the feeling of inadequacy. And in a way, I, I'm grateful for having the same experience or having it, you know, in, in a different way, but it's the same. I think a lot of us experience that in one way, shape or form. And I feel like it's part of our resilience power, our ability to be resilient and see, okay, like I can navigate this, but it also can be very, it's like your superpower and your kryptonite, right? So it could also be, you can also put yourself in a state where you constantly feel inadequate. Like I'm not enough and I'm never going to be enough. And I'm always going to compare myself to everybody else and I'm never going to add up. And, you know, there's a mentor of mine in my early twenties who was, is still in the world of recovery. And he would say things like, when you compare your insides to everybody else's outsides, you're going to lose every time. Yep. And that just really stayed with me because it made so much sense because that's what we're doing most of the time. We're comparing our insides to what somebody else's life looks like, et cetera. So I love that this is the work you chose to do. You're obviously very passionate about it. You've created an entire career and a platform doing it. I think that my question now is, with regard to where we are in this space and time where it seems like a lot more people are waking up to self-work, which is incredible. But it seems at the same time, we've also had the rise of like fake charlatan type of (laughs) self-help gurus or coaching programs that people aren't necessarily fully educated in what they're selling and it seems to have become a quick way to make money, right? So I'm curious for you as an expert and as somebody who studied this and has gone to school for this and has really created a life doing this, like what do you see happening in this world and what are things that we need to look out for in order to discern what a coach is supposed to be and what a coach isn't, I guess? Oh, good question. I I got chills all over my arms, which is like my body's way of saying like, yeah, we're we're in the zone. This is an important question. I'm like, yeah, totally. This is important. And let me say this first, because I really, really think like, if you look at it from a macro perspective, I think what we're seeing is a reflection of a deeper desire for people to be better, they're connected to their higher self, higher consciousness, more connected to one another. So I am all for that. Like, hello. Yes, please. I was lucky in that. I mean, if anyone who knows the Saturday Night Live skit with Stuart Smalley, like years and years ago, where he looked in the mirror and was like, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. Like I grew up with a mom like that. And I listened to Louise Hay in my ear when I was like nine. So 
my best friend who's a psychotherapist, we would joke. I would coach her. She would, she's my therapist, like not really, but I had the I am me, I am okay poster for like legit friends that are listening. <laughs> They'll know the orange and white, like it was lit. I would be embarrassed, but you know, there's something about that, that, that whole coming back home to yourself. So in general, I think it's a great sign. When I started in coaching, let me tell you, when I, I left my day job, I was in a, I ironically worked for a big food company, which is ironic as shit, but that's a different story. That's a different story. I left after 11 years. I was in HR. I did a lot of work with recruiting and training and people were like, you're leaving to coach, like coach what soccer? Like, what are you coaching? I'm like, no, no, no people in their lives. And it, it's really grown. This is almost 10 years ago. It's grown a lot. And I think that's a great thing. What I can tell you and you know, I'm sure people listening, like this industry has blossomed. And like anything, I think you have many that are really in it for, for the right reason and are really passionate about helping people to uncover their best. The thing that concerns me, and I will say having literally studied it, and I still teach it at Georgetown University and I have my own program, you know, I'm pretty familiar like what coaching is and what it isn't. And what concerns me, I would say, are those that may not have any training saying that they're coaching. Now, look, you might, there are probably some people that can do that and pick it up and, and have a natural knack for it. But I would say the majority, you know, getting training is important, but also understanding the premise of coaching is not giving someone advice or telling them what to do. It is based on, it's actually comes from the, the positive psychology model. <laughs> My kitty loves this. The positive psychology model, it comes from, <laughs> from appreciative. <laughs> if anyone's watching, my cat just gave me a hug. She's like, yes, sister, say it. <laughs> uh, continue. I'm, I'm sorry. It's oh, no, me it's too. So, I'm like cracking up in the background. So, she warned me that this would happen, but yeah, no, you're on, you're on a roll and I love she, everything that you're saying. Hi, Luna. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> love animals. This episode is brought to you by Aura Organic. I have struggled with stomach problems my entire life. The more I learned about gut health, the more I was able to understand the importance of probiotics. Enter Aura Organic. Aura's Trust Your Gut probiotic and prebiotic supplement contains some of the world's most powerful probiotic strains, along with the prebiotics to help the good bacteria thrive in your gut so your probiotics work smarter, not harder. And this is why it's important because they provide great support for bloating and common digestive issues. It's a healthy mix of probiotics in your gut that have also been linked to having a strong immune system and can even impact your mood. They contain highly researched probiotic strains that are resistant to stomach acid and can colonize the small and large intestines where they have had their greatest health benefits. And how do we know it works? Because Aura has over 10,000 five-star reviews from happy online customers. Aura sources only the purest and most powerful plants with real health benefits like organic maca from the mountains of Peru or ceremonial grade matcha from Japan. And how do we know it's clean? Because Aura is radically transparent. They are obsessive about quality control and they test every batch of product with a third-party accredited lab and public 
publishes the test results for you to view on their website. You can try Aura products today. And if you're not happy for any reason, within 60 days, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Get 30% off of your first subscription when you text L-O-V-E-D to 64-000. Text LOVED. L-O-V-E-D to 64-000 and get 30% off of your first subscription. That's L-O-V-E-D to 64-000. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply available at AuraOrganic forward slash terms. You know, it comes from this model in positive psychology that's based on appreciative inquiry and the whole work of the idea that each of us has, I will go a woof step further and say, we all have that divine spark in us. We all have this intelligence and wisdom. You, Rosie, are the expert of your life. I'm the expert of my life. So, so if I were coaching you, I would never tell you, this is what you need to do. It's not about giving advice. It's not about telling you what I've done. It's not about prescribing. That's not really the core of what coaching really is. It's not. That's consulting. That's a whole different realm. A skilled coach learns how to listen at a level that most of us are not trained to listen, to hear what's being said and what's not. You're with a skilled coach or you know how to ask questions that go way below the surface. So like think of an iceberg, they go way below what you're seeing on top. And they help to access both the subconscious beliefs, the things that are not being seen and not being understood and heard, and also the greater, deeper desires, dreams, all of it. And part of that role is bringing that to the surface and then helping your client, the person you're working with to really get empowered, to have intrinsic motivation and to, you know, the difference between therapy and and coaching is you do come up with action items. It is very action-focused but it's not something you are telling the person to do. You're helping them, which it makes a big difference because what you're doing is you're tapping into that intrinsic motivation. You're tapping into, you know, that person's deeper connection to themselves. It's an empowering model. And if you're not trained in doing that, and I will tell you, I will not give names, but I I had a coach, I did a program and I had this very well-known coach coach me more in the business coaching realm. And I was like, okay, that was, that was not coaching. That was helpful in a different way, but you didn't actually hear me at all or see me. It was really like the show about you. And I came away and was, now I ended up having, actually there was a book that you recommended that was a game changer. So it worked out, but it was not, it was not what coaching is, which really comes from that empowering generative appreciative model. So yeah, thought, you know, I actually, yeah. I'm sorry to, I don't want to cut you off no, please do. on the roll, but I want to pull that string a little bit because I've also had experiences with coaches before where very well-known coach, very works with a lot of people and had a long resume. And, and I thought, oh, this person must be really good went to work with this person and for, you know, I think about a year, it was really great. And then after that, it just kind of turned to feel a little bit abrasive, almost like, oh, this is the way that I have, you have to hear it this way. But it's like, no, no, you, we've been talking for a year. That doesn't work. Talking to me like that is not going to motivate me, (laughs) you know? And there's just this energy where I feel like too, Sometimes 
we think, oh, a coach is supposed to tell me what to do, right? And I really love what you're saying. What you're saying is more implicit about, it's more implicit regarding asking the probing questions that one should ask to get to that expert you level, right? Exactly. Those questions, because what happens is our brain, which is a serial processor, which is the minute you ask a question, it's going to be looking for an answer. And if you learn how to ask questions that are really, they come from a place of learning, of empowerment, of appreciation, of you know, that generative quality, they're powerful, they're open-ended. And you learn how to ask questions like that. This is what happened with me. I mean, I made a decision, you know, that changed my life, leaving a marriage amicably, leaving a job, dealing with a health breakdown, all literally within like five months, which I do not recommend all of that, getting a degree, right? Not not the best timing, but I'll tell you that question that that he asked me, it was like, Oh my gosh, like it opened up new, a new lens. And for anyone, you know, if you've read or heard of the Course in Miracles and you hear that definition of a miracle is a shift in perspective. That is a coach that's trained, helps you to embrace and feel and live miracles, literally. And you can brainstorm. I brainstorm, you know, and it's not that I can't give thoughts, but it's, we know a change, like actually sustainable change. It doesn't happen when somebody is just yelling at you or telling you what to do or saying it in a way that's demonstrative or giving demands, or it doesn't work that way. To really change, it's got to be coming in from that fire in your belly, from that intrinsic motivation, not from being told you need to do this or what to do. It's just any change theory, you look at it, transformation, it's lasting. It sticks when it comes from within and it builds efficacy. You build that confidence and efficacy. And for me, that, and this is the difference. If you're really like, I've, you know, I've been working with clients for a long time. The goal is not necessarily to stay with me forever. Maybe you come back, maybe you don't. That's not my intention. It's to help you to be able to dig in and know what you have within you and to see that for yourself, have that new confidence. And as I said, efficacy, it's very empowering and it can be a game changer in your whole experience of yourself. That doesn't happen if you are giving advice, giving answers, telling someone just what to do. It won't, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Here's my next question. How do you become coachable? Like what is a good quality for Someone who wants to be coached. That is a great question. It's a great question. Well, I'm just, my brain just went to like the whole, there's this model of um, readiness to change. And so I think when I think of, you know, being coachable to me means you're ready for change. It doesn't mean you're psyched about it. <laughs> like you talk to someone who's like, you know, I've got to, like I had this health breakdown and it was like, you got to change your whole lifestyle. I'm like, damn it. Like, I don't want to do that. Like it was intense, right? But I wanted to feel good and not have to be on this medicine the rest of my life at the extreme level. So, you know, my readiness was like, and I use this, one of the tools is the, the scale of one to 10, you know, you want readiness to change, to be at least at a five out of 10. You want that like at least midpoint because you got to have some openness and readiness to change. Otherwise, honestly, that's where it doesn't work. And someone can say they're ready but the worst thing to me is someone who is not really ready, spends the investment of money, and then is not taking the action and not doing it. To me, that's, we don't want that. First of all, it gives a really bad rep for coaching. <laughs> 
And secondly, it's, it's deflating for the person, for the individual. So that's one of the things I always, you want to find out, like, how ready are you? Like, how much is this? How important is this to you? What's your why? Like, when have you done this, anything like this before? What worked, what didn't? You got to get some of that information because if someone is really like, they say they're ready, but they're really not, then I would say, okay, great. Like do what you need to, but come back to me when you're feeling more ready or how can we how might we get you more ready? How mm-hmm. might we get you in a different place? But it's important to ask those questions. The open-mindedness and the, that why being really, really important, I think is a good like place to check in on. Yeah. I think that a lot of the times we might think we're ready, but then when we are asked those questions, we might tuck and run at <laughs> <laughs> the idea of having to do some internal work or having to do any type of self-inquiry because it's daunting. Oh yeah. And I think you're probably in this category, Rosie. I like you're the person that said, don't compare your insides to anybody's outsides. It's like a recipe for actual disaster. I, I like get trapped in that often in my own self and I have to keep myself in check. So I have a coach all the time. I have a coach, I have other support. But one thing I've learned both from my road on recovery and then in coaching. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm in all of it. Like I think therapy is great. I think coaching is great. I think recovery is great. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm all, I'll have all of it. Yeah. Like the truth is though, what is that? That's not doing life alone. That's having a team that's having support. That means you're not trying to just like, force and push yourself through something by yourself. For me, if I don't, if I don't have that support, that's where you're going to find me in like a carton of ice cream. And if I eat a carton of ice cream, like there's nothing wrong if you can have a little bit, but I, this girl over here doesn't do one bite. Like I just, I don't (laughs) trust me, tested it for a long time. So whatever it is that we need support, I mean, that's, that's, it's important to have people on your team. I believe in that. Just make sure there are people that are really, A, know what they're doing, but know how to support you in an empowering way where you're going to come away with, you know, there is, there is work in coaching. There is, if, if you're trained properly, there's homework, there's accountability. That's important, really important. You can't make progress without that. Yeah. Gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual doesn't stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. Ritual multivitamins have been a staple in my daily routine for a long time now. I really love supporting a company that is committed to third-party testing from USP and non-GMO project. They also just released Symbiotic, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotic all-in-one minty capsule. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off of your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash loved and turn healthy habits into ritual. That's 10% off of ritual.com forward slash loved. 
you can get 10% off of your first three months. Ritual.com forward slash loved. I'm with you 100%. I think it's really a matter of finding that right support team and finding what is going to serve your highest good, what's going to work for you and creating the space and time for yourself to be able to get in that state of empowerment and autonomy where you have the agency within yourself to create sustainable change. That's the other thing, right? It's like you can work with somebody and we sometimes expect things to happen in an instant. So can you just talk a little bit about the importance of creating sustainable change and how do we how do we begin to bridge that gap if we're really wanting to change our lives in a quick way, right? Especially right now after the pandemic, you know, we post pandemic, a lot of people, you know, we've all seen the studies of the levels of anxiety and depression and stress. Those people that are out there right now wanting to make a change right now and are excited, they're open, they're motivated, but how do we get them to create that change and have it be sustainable for the long run and not just the next two months? Yeah. So, so good. This is like, like the quintessential question. I love this so much. I think number one, first of all, like anything is you gotta, there's awareness, the the awareness factor. Like I want something to shift and change. So getting aware of that, noticing, you know, what you're noticing. Okay. So you really, I would say starting with why is this important to you? Why is it important to you? Why is it important to your community, your family and the world? Why is having more presence, feeling more connected, confident, feeling more peaceful, loving? Why is that important? I mean, I could go on. I I tune into this. I mean, I do this work every day. I have to. It's like a... I want to see myself yeah, when I'm yeah. don't do this. It's not, it's no bueno. So, you know, getting really, really clear, like why your, why it's really important to get that. Why? And don't just go like in your heart for you, but also go farther for those around you, for those you serve, for those that are in your community and for the world, get that. That's important because that's going to be your anchor. That's going to be your compass. And I think scientifically, it is important to know that to make changes, we know this, it doesn't happen overnight, but it doesn't take a huge amount of time. You know, real sustainable change. Everybody's brain is different. My understanding is, you know, I like to say it on the conservative side is about 90 days. I know I've seen 30 to 120. I think conservatively, that's about three months. It's not a huge amount of time. That's like, if you start now, you get the summer but it's got to be this commitment. And one of the things I know I teach and I've always learned is when you're taking on a new something, habit, routine, whatever you're doing, you want to make it bite-sized, right? So I'm a huge fan. Anything in the realm of, of mindfulness and meditation is the place to start because it's hard to go anywhere and from any point if you are you know, not calm and connected in within. And so I probably could say that better, but really truly being able to have that peace that that is tampering your stress response. There's, there's biology to that and meditation. So it could be walking meditation. It could be yoga. It could be a guided meditation, but something that you're going to commit to that's going to help you if you're not already doing that. And then a great practice is just stacking habits on top of whatever you're doing. So maybe 
you know, you have that huge thing of water with laminated after. I mean, there's a lot of different, depending on ways that you're going to be making those shifts, but to make sustainable change, I think getting in tune with your why, why is this so important to you? Like really get that. And you want to feel it. Like we are emotional beings first. You got to feel it. You got to feel like, you know, for me, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got like, I was done with feeling like I'm reacting to everything and I can be reactive. I mean, I, I can be reactive. I know that. And so to have more peace, we know any kind of mindfulness practice helps, you know, working with a trained coach, it is very hard to see limited beliefs. And when you're stuck or stories or, you know, identity stuff or subconscious thought, it's very hard to see it yourself. It's really hard to work through that yourself. It is very, very powerful when someone who's trained can reflect it, can see it, can ask you about it and can help you to move forward. That's the point. So it doesn't have to take a long time, but I do think it's really getting clear that this is going to be a priority and that you get, you're worth it. You know, it's worth the time, the time, the investment of energy, time, resources, whatever that looks like, you know, and coaching is one aspect, one modality. For me, I had one of my biggest transformations in somebody who could hear me, listen to me, listen to what I'm really here for and ask questions that just had me completely look at my life and myself in a different way. I mean, so much so I did a 180 literally in all areas of life and, you know, for the better, not that it was easy at all, <laughs> but grateful today because I feel way more aligned. And I think that's what the bigger calling is for is like, how do I actually, how do I feel more aligned with who I am? Mm-hmm. How do I actualize? Like, why did I come here? Why did I choose to incarnate in this lifetime? What am I really here to add, to do, to be, to experience? and For me, the driving force was, I just, I don't want to get to the end. I really hope in my hundreds, I don't know, but I don't want to get to the end and feel like, oh my God, I completely, I didn't take those opportunities to get to love and know and honor those gifts. And we all have them. Yeah. I love that so much. Everything you said, I'm just like, preach. This is, (laughs) I'm into this gospel right now. This is what I'm feeling. I'm into it. Before I ask you the final question, I want to be respectful of your time. Where can people go for more information or to connect with you or learn about your programs? Yes. And thank you, by the way, I love talking to you. And I'm like, just go on and on. This is, this is my jam. I love, I love this shit. Anything to help people like just wake up, wake up and like, become awake to who you are and like do something. Cause if you're listening, I mean, you got, you got special shit within you. Like don't yes. let it go to the ground. I'm yes. sorry. So anyhow, this is your back- sign. If you're listening to this, yeah. this is your sign right now. You're listening yeah. to it on your walk in the car yeah. while you're making dinner, whenever, however you're listening to this, this is your sign. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. You know, we don't know what's ahead. It's all about saying yes to yourself and to the gifts and frankly, to the divinity yes. that's in you. So I'm a big yes to the divinity in each of us. Yeah. So to find me, just go the, the question, julieriesler.com is probably the best place. Everything is there that I'm up to. And you can find me on Instagram at Julie Riesler and insight timer. I have a lot of meditations and stuff on there. I just look up my name. I do a lot there too. A lot of free stuff, actually. I like for people to have options, you know, just to get in the mindfulness arena, however that looks. Yes. And, um, 
I love that. We'll put those links in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. Or if you're listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, those will be linked in the show notes. So final question for you, Julie, as amazing as you are, how do you feel radically loved? Oh, that's such a good question. How do I feel radically loved? Well, I feel like when my kitty is right here underneath my desk and putting her paws on my chest, I was like, honestly, that's what just came to, I think pets are some of the best mirrors for love. Um, Honestly, this sounds probably cheesy. I really mean it. It's for me, like, yes, feeling that in myself, but it's like conversations like this, like I'm heart to heart with you. Like I'm heart to heart with, with heart centered people. And I can just feel this exchange of like, we're connected to something greater. And it's like the divine is here in the airwaves. And I'm like, shit, this is amazing. Like I probably past lives knew you. I don't know, but it's like, there's a just feeling of radical love here. I do feel it with my pets. I do feel it luckily with my spouse, this one now I do, but at the core level, it's that deep appreciation for being alive and being who I am, all of it, all the stuff, everything, everything, shame, fear, anxiety, all of it, happiness, like all those rainbow of emotions. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Julie, for being a part of our community and for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your love and your light with all of us. We hope you come back to see us again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a shining example of all of this love. You're the best. Thanks, Julie. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>